I want you to hit me as hard as you can. The real-life screenplay of Ben Affleck is almost better than the fictional screenplay of Goodwill Hunting. It's almost the perfect American dream Hollywood story. Little Ben and his buddy Matt, friends since they were eight, struggle together in the biz, write a little movie in their spare time. Then, suddenly, both of them are the hottest faces in Hollywood. But with all the glitz and glamour comes the darkness and the demons. And Mr. Affleck had to fight his fair share while giving us some incredible films and some not-so-incredible films. He's Jack Ryan, Daredevil, Batman, and Superman, technically. Ben has represented both the worst and the best of cinema. He's the worst and the best of celebrity. He's the worst and the best of Batman. He's the worst and the best of us all. So what the fuck happened to Ben Affleck? WTF. <laughs> He's a great filmmaker, but I fear his celebrity gets in the way. Unfortunately, it's hard to look at just the talented filmmaker side of Ben without getting flashes of J-Lo and Daredevil. But he did use his scandal-ridden celebrity vibe for good in the film Gone Girl, basically playing a suburban version of himself. He was perfect for the role and was guided by the trusted hands of David Fincher. So lots of interesting films have come from Ben. But to truly understand Mr. Affleck, we must start at the beginning. Ben Affleck was a child star. He did some commercials and stuff, and then he starred in an educational PBS series called The Voyage of the Mimi, where he taught us all about the wonderful world of nature and science. I'm Ben Affleck, and I'm in the Arctic Test Chamber for the United States Army Research Institute of Environmental Medicine in Natick, Massachusetts. His career started like many careers, on the set of Dazed and Confused. Ben was part of an amazing ensemble cast that was led by the direction of Sir Richard Linklater. Young Benny Boy played an upperclassman who was obsessed with spanking freshman butts. And little did we know that Ben Affleck would continue to spank audiences for decades to come. But Ben was not an overnight success. Even though he landed roles in School Ties and Glory Days, Plus, connecting with director Kevin Smith with Mall Rats and Chasing Amy, he still struggled to find satisfying work as an actor. The studios weren't offering him the roles that he wanted. He was mostly getting arrogant bully stuff, which he's great at, but he wanted more. His best buddy from childhood, some guy named Matthew Demon, was also experiencing the same hardships. These two future superstars just needed juicy roles to kickstart their careers. And if Hollywood wasn't going to write that script for Ben and Matt, well then Ben and Matt, they're just going to write it themselves. And they did. And that script was Goodwill Hunting, and it won a fucking Oscar. With a little help from their pal Harvey, everybody's favorite human being. And Ben was only 25 at the time, becoming the youngest writer to ever win the original screenplay Oscar. And Robin Williams won the Unholy Golden Trophy for spitting out their words. Goodwill Hunting was a critical and box office hit. These two fellows were the new warrior poets of Tinseltown, and they were ready to take some names and kick some ass. Lots of kicking, lots of taking. You know what the best part of my day is? For about 10 seconds from when I pull up to the curb when I get to your door. Because I think maybe I'll get up there and I'll knock on the door and you won't be there. No goodbye, no see you later, no nothing. I'm just left. I don't know much, but I know that. And even though Ben was having the time of his life, it was also the time that he started to feel signs of depression. He reached out for help and was even medicated. But the public wouldn't know this for years. Behind that handsome grin 
was some sadness. Ben's next film was Phantoms. Ben Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms. Word, bitch. Phantoms like a mall fucker. What's up now? Next stop for Ben was to make mega-huge blockbuster action movies. But of course. So he teamed up with Michael Bay and his explosions to make Armageddon. It was a huge summer blockbuster, and it was everything my young mind of the 90s could handle. It was the most epic film I had ever seen, and Ben was my new hero. I remember leaving the theater in complete shock and awe of this wild, out-of-this-world adventure I had just witnessed. I was ready to turn right back around into that theater and watch it all over again. My asteroid movie craving was on high, but luckily that same theater was showing Deep Impact down the hall. Which is also good in its own way, but it's nowhere near as exciting as Armageddon. A Criterion Collection film, by the way. Ben made the end of the world so much fun, and that Aerosmith song is still stuck in my head. And I love this film for what it is, and many people hate this film for what it is. And Ben is one of them haters. He even made fun of Armageddon's screenplay on the sacred DVD commentary. He questioned the plot holes on set, and he was mocking Michael Bay. And how dare he? That same year, he also appeared in Shakespeare in Love. It's that film that somehow beat Saving Private Ryan at Best Picture. But good for Ben. And Goop. It's Gwyneth Paltrow's nickname, Goop. That's what they call her. People who like her call her Goop. He dated Goop, and this was his first major experience with paparazzi celebrity dating stuff. And he didn't like it. And next, Ben's career led down the path of the romantic comedy. He did the film Forces of Nature, which I remember reading the synopsis as a child, and it said something like, Ben Affleck has to fight his way through a plane crash and a hurricane to get home. And it sounded like a cool disaster movie to my young 90s mind, but no, it was a romantic comedy, and I could not care less. I'm really sorry about that, that kissing thing. If I'd known you were getting married, I never would have made it open mouth. Many scenes in the movie were filmed in Savannah, Georgia. And that's where I went to college. And Savannah has a movie tour thing where you drive around and they point out famous film locations like the Forrest Gump bench or the Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil house. And our tour guide kept showing us locations from Forces of Nature. And nobody on the tour even had heard of Forces of Nature. But for some reason, it felt like the tour was mostly about Forces of Nature. So I kind of hate that film, but for personal reasons. It's probably a fun movie though, but it's got Sandra Bullock, and everybody likes her. He teamed back up with Kevin Smith and his BFF Matt to make a religious satire dogma. Controversy surrounded it because God. There was Boiler Room, which debuted at the Sundance Film Festival, where he joined a cast full of hot young Hollywood people. Ben gives a great monologue that almost rivals Baldwin's Glengarry Glen Ross monologue. Almost. Ben was doing alright for himself. He had an Oscar, a few hot movies, and various genres under his belt. He could do no wrong. Until he did wrong. Very wrong. Reindeer Games wrong. This would be the first major bomb in Affleck's career. And the first Ben Affleck Christmas movie to be horrible. We will get to Surviving Christmas later, don't you worry. Wow. Reindeer Games. Reindeer Games did so poorly with test audiences that they pushed back the Christmas release date to February. 
and nobody wants to go see a Christmas movie in February, especially an R-rated Christmas movie. None of the reindeer wanted to play these games. Then he lent his voice talents to Joseph, King of Dreams, because God, and then he did a rom-com drum called Bounce, because Goop. And that bounced Ben all the way to Pearl Harbor, which was marketed as the next Titanic meets Saving Private Ryan, but it wasn't. Yes, the Bayhem attack was pretty awesome and spectacular in an interesting cinematic way. Everybody likes a good explosion and interesting camera work. It was quite the spectacle, you can't deny it. But the remaining hours of the film centers around a Ben Affleck, Josh Hartnett love triangle. And nobody cared. Nobody was buying this one. But actually a lot of people bought tickets for this one because this horrible movie was uh, a big blockbuster. It made a lot of money. Even though the film Pearl Harbor costs more than the damage of the real Pearl Harbor attack. Wow. You are just so... Next was Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which allowed Ben to poke fun at himself and the entire film industry. This showed us that Ben had a sense of humor, and he seemed like a cool guy. You know, somebody that you could sit down, have a beer with, but not too many because it's Ben Affleck. So action films were failing him, rom-coms were getting him nowhere, so Ben tried his hand at straight-up character-driven drama in the driving film Changing Lanes. Ben goes head-to-head -head with Master Jedi actor Samuel L. Jackson, and Ben holds his own. He gives a great performance and showed the world that he is still a good actor and still has good movies left in him. No Oscars for this one or anything, but do we really need golden statues to know that a performance was good? No, we don't. The answer is no. And it was around this time that Ben felt that he needed to sober up, so he entered rehab for alcohol addiction for the first time. His drinking was getting out of control, but he was able to stop drinking in 2001. The sobriety lasted for a long time, long enough for Ben to feel like he could handle a few sips. But those sips turned into more sips, and suddenly Ben was back to his old alcoholic ways. It got to the point to where after work he would come home and drink until he passed out. But Ben kept working. At times, Ben was compared to a younger Harrison Ford, and it seemed like Hollywood was trying to mold him into that, especially when he was cast as Jack Ryan in Some of All Fears. Now, Jack Ryan is one of those characters that has a built-in fan base, so the pressure was on. This kind of prepared him for the pressure of Batman, I guess. And Ben did all right. It's not the best Jack Ryan movie, but I have nothing bad to say about it. Watch it, there's a, there's a big explosion, and that means it's a good movie. This would probably be the last decent film Ben made during that time, before he hit his dark ages. He was also busy with his filmmaking reality show, Project Greenlight. I remember trying to write a screenplay for that competition, and I wrote one page and gave up. Never give up, kids. Then came the infamous J.Lo chapter in Ben Affleck's life. As y'all probably remember, their relationship was pretty much the leading story on any and every Hollywood gossip media outlet. And while all that J-Lo stuff was going on, Ben took on the role of his favorite superhero, Daredevil. Even though Daredevil looks more like Matt Damon in the comics. I'm just saying. This was during a different time, when Hollywood didn't really know what to do with the comic book adaptation. Daredevil came out and it was bad. It was so bad that years later people were afraid to watch the Daredevil Netflix series. That's how bad Ben Affleck's Daredevil was. It almost ruined the character forever. 
don't worry, Ben. Just make another good movie, and everyone will forget about Daredevil. So choose wisely on whatever you do next. But Ben did not choose wisely. He chose Geely. Now, Geely was a huge disaster on every level. One, people were more interested in their relationship than actually going to see them in a movie. And we already had plenty of Benifer on TMZ in the tabloid, so there was no need for audiences to go see them in the theater. Plus, the film was horrible. I mean, it isn't as bad as everyone says. There's worse movies out there. And I actually watched it once out of curiosity. And I was actually disappointed that it wasn't worse. I wanted to watch a bad film and have a good time. But it isn't bad. It's just dull. It's just nothing. Like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad, though. And it's the second film where Ben Affleck tries to use his heterosexual powers to convert a lesbian woman. The first being chasing Amy. And now he was chasing Ginny around the block that she was from with those rocks that you, you won't get fooled by. But yeah, many consider Geely to be the worst film of all time. And there's been a lot of movies made over time. The film is so bad that it probably ended Benifer, the first Benifer. I'm the bull, you're the cow. You got that? Yeah, I got it, bull cow. Then he did Paycheck, which feels like he did it for the paycheck. Because even though the source material is Philip K. Dick and it's directed by John Woo, this one's a stinker. So that's like four really bad movies in a row. And then he teamed up with Kevin Smith again to make Jersey Girl, which would have probably been an okay film, but it was plagued by the bad press of Ben's previous flops. And word got out that J-Lo had a role in it, so everyone feared another Geely situation, even though Kevin Smith kills J-Lo off in like the first five minutes. But still. Plus, it was a different kind of Kevin Smith movie. Jay and Silent Bob were not in this one making poo-poo, weed-smoking jokes. No, it was a heartfelt family drama. So nobody knew what to do with this movie. And even Kevin Smith trashed this film. He said that it was the wrong time, the wrong guy, the wrong everything. I just love your mom so much. Then came another horrendous flick titled Surviving Christmas which Ben's career barely survived this one. For some reason, Ben really wanted to show the world that he is funny, so he fought and fought to get the role. And you can really feel the desperation in Ben's performance. He knows that this is crap, but deep down, he's hoping that he's making a holiday classic. But he's not. He's just like, look at me, look at me, I'm being funny. Look, I'm being funny, funny. I, I can relate, actually. It was a painful, unfunny mess. But eventually the pain of surviving Christmas wears off and you can learn to love the holiday again. <laughs> then there was Man About Town, which I don't even remember, but it sucks too. So that's almost six stinkers in a row. At this time, we were all pretty much prepared to never see another good Ben Affleck movie again. He was the butt of all the jokes. Every time somebody mentioned a bad movie, it was like, is it Ben Affleck? Is he in it? <laughs> Is it Geely? Geely? <laughs> Putting Ben in a movie was a guaranteed failure at that time. He was trapped, he was lost in a world of rotten tomatoes. And only Superman could save him. And not Henry Cavill, but Ben Affleck himself. Can I shoot you? Yes, before he was the Batman, and after he was the Daredevil, he was the Superman. Kinda. He was cast as Superman actor George Reeves, not Christopher, George, in the film Hollywoodland. 
It was a hard-hitting drama with a stellar cast and an incredible, heartbreaking true story behind it. But why in the world would any producer cast the worst movie star in Hollywood in such a demanding, crucial role? Like, wow, this looks like a good movie. Unfortunately, Ben Affleck is in it, so of course he's gonna ruin it. But no! No, no, no. The gamble paid off, and Ben was amazing. In hindsight, Ben was perfect to play this character. A down-and-out actor who's fighting personal demons while trying to create a respected career in Hollywood, but he's haunted by cheesy superhero work of his past. This was a new Ben, a quiet Ben, who had pain behind his eyes, and he used that pain to deliver powerful performances. Affleck even won a few awards for this one, including a Golden Globe nomination. Ben was back, and ready to make nothing but good cinema for the rest of his life. Right? Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much. Hollywood Land marked the end of Ben's Dark Ages, movie-wise. And not every movie that he made after that was a masterpiece, but it never reached the level of shite that he had been previously stuck in. You got me something, but you didn't! Because you liked me when I was in a red suit! But that's not who I am! His next few films covered a wide range of genres, from action, rom-com, thriller, comedy, and more. There was Smoke and Aces, He's Just Not That Into You, State of Play, Mike Judge's Extract, and The Company Man. And let's not forget that Ben's directing career really took off around this time too. He directed the suspenseful thriller Gone Baby Gone, which was Gone Baby Great. Ben stayed behind the camera on this one and cast his baby bro as the lead in the film. And this is a great film. It's almost unbelievable that this is technically his first film, and it's this good. He directed an Oscar-nominated performance from Amy Smart, and it's it's a really it's a really great film. If you haven't seen it, go get it legally or illegally. It's that good. And after Gone Baby Gone, every cinephile was welcoming this new director Ben with open arms. His directing talent was instantly visible, and we could not wait to see what this director, who just so happens to be a movie star, would do next. And his next film was also great. It was The Town. The Town takes place in Ben's hometown of Boston. And once I went to visit Boston, and I took another one of those movie tour things, and the tour guide spoke a lot about The Town, and this time people were actually interested in seeing a filming location of a Ben Affleck movie, unlike Forces of Nature. But yeah, the town is great. It's well-crafted action scenes. Ben directed Jeremy Renner in an Oscar-nominated performance. It's a really exciting film, and it reminds me a little bit of Heat. So is Ben the new Michael Mann? I don't know. Once again, Ben has proven that the director's chair is where he belongs. And then there was Argo. Directed by and starring Ben as Tony Mendez in my favorite brownface performance since West Side Story. But in all seriousness, this film is great. I still remember seeing it in theaters, a packed theater, and I was on the edge of my seat during the climactic finale when they're at the airport. And I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna get him, oh my god, go, 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 Ben Affleck, go! Ladies and gentlemen, it is our pleasure to announce that alcoholic beverages are now available as we have cleared Iranian airspace. <laughs> Argo was Big Ben's big Oscar comeback. And even though it won Best Picture, oddly enough, it wasn't nominated for Best Director. But that's fine, take the Best Picture and be happy, it's okay, Ben. The dude from Geely had come a long way. We had thought that the Goodwill Hunting speech was going to be the last time Ben was up on that Oscar stage. But no, Argo put Ben back on the map as a director and an actor, just an all-around artist. We were all so proud of you, Ben, 
at that point in history. And since Ben was a well-respected artist again, he went on to work with other well-respected artists and did artsy-fartsy stuff, like working with Terrence Malick in To the Wonder, which is a beautiful film because it's a Terrence Malick film, but it's one of the weaker Malick films. But it still showed that Ben was able to work with the best. There was another flop called Runner Runner with JT, but that bomb was soon forgotten because it's kind of sandwiched in between good movies, like Gone Girl. David Fincher cast him, and Fincher really knew how to use Ben's acting abilities and screen presence in the best way possible. He used Ben's celebrity power and preconceived notions that the audience would have of him to tell this thrilling story of a girl being gone. Ben's character was very vulnerable and frightening. Throughout the whole thing, you're like, is he a good guy? Is he a, is he a bad guy? Did he do it? Did he make the girl gone? Did Ben make her gone? Why is she gone? Girl? You're killing your wife, Nick. So once again, at this point, Ben was doing all right, movie-wise. Audiences seemed to like him, and we were curious to see what he was going to do next. And what he would do next would change the world forever, if your world is Batman. Donald Trump, everyone should calm down. At Ben Affleck is going to do a great job as Batman. And yes, I think we all remember where we were the day that Affleck became the Batfleck. It was a confusing time for all of us, but we made it through and I think we all learned a valuable lesson. I'm not sure what we learned, but I'm sure it was important. So this is what I remember about Ben's relationship with the DC Universe. At first I remember hearing rumors that he was going to direct a Justice League movie, and that sounded pretty cool. I felt like his vision as a director might work for a superhero film, but, but that didn't happen. And then suddenly it was announced that he and his chin were going to play Batman in a Zack Snyder film. This breaking news would break the internet, and everybody's computer exploded with hate, even more so than usual. And even though this happens every time an actor is cast as Batman, it just felt extra harsh for Ben. And I was not overly thrilled about his casting either, but then I saw his chin, and that chin is amazing. Oh, I had faith in that mighty, mighty chin. And I had seen Argo and Gone Girl, and I, you know, I, I, I could envision it. Then came Batman v Superman and Justice League, and I know that these films have their fanboys, their extremely dedicated fanboys, but many think these films suck complete suckling suckage, and Ben was not happy with that reception. So, so he stepped down from playing the Batman. Even though he was finally getting a chance to direct, he just couldn't get the script right and he was losing passion for the superhero genre. Now, Batman is being played by the guy from Twilight. Cool. I mean, now, Batman's being played by the guy from Lighthouse, yeah! But Ben has been very professional during all this, and he's even endorsed Robert Battinson and Matt Reeves in the upcoming film. So that's nice. All the bats are getting along. It would have been cool to see an Affleck-directed Batman movie. I imagine a dark, gritty, action-packed thriller, like The Town, but with costumes. Bat costumes, not nun costumes. Martha! Why did you say that name? But looking back, it would have been very difficult for Ben to write, direct, and produce a Batman movie while also being Batman, while dealing with his alcohol addiction, while maintaining his chiseled bat bod, while being a dad and a husband in a failing marriage. Not even the real Bruce Wayne could handle all of that, if Bruce Wayne was a real person. 
But let's go back to Batman v Superman. I know that there's some very hardcore Snyder heads out there, but you have to admit, for the most part, people were disappointed in this film. It has its good moments, like that one fight scene, and the film looks cool, and the costume design is interesting, and even Ben's acting isn't bad. But the film just falls flat for most people, and it's looked at as yet another embarrassing mark in Ben Affleck's career. We were now entering into the age of sad Ben Affleck memes. I'm sure you've seen a few, like this one, or this one, or this one. There's, there's even a video out there that swept the internet in a viral-like sensation. And the video shows the exact moment that Ben learns that Batman v Superman was getting mixed reviews. Which mixed reviews is just a nice way of saying that the film is shite. There, right there, you see that? That moment right there was when Ben lost hope in the bat. It's incredible that we have this documentation. Look at that. That event is forever captured. Ben Affleck is happy with the bat, and now Ben Affleck is sad with the bat. This was followed by The Accountant, which I haven't seen, but I hear good things. It actually looks, looks like the kind of movie Ben Affleck should be making. And during all the Justice League craziness, Ben was hard at work at Live By Night, which should have been his masterpiece. But nobody cared about it. People only wanted to talk Batman. Plus, the movie wasn't good. He was the actor, writer, director, producer. He, he was doing it all. And maybe Ben Affleck should not do every single thing. Maybe it's a little too much. And on top of all that, he was dealing with the pressures of being Batman, while battling alcoholism and his failing marriage. All Ben wanted to do was express himself artistically through a period piece gangster film. But no, no, nobody wanted anything to do with that. It was just Batman, Batman, Batman. All he wanted to do was hang up the cape and talk about his new cinematic creation. But everyone was batshit crazy. Then he split up with his wife of 12 years, Jennifer Garner, the second Benifer, and he went to rehab again. Ben needed help, and Jennifer actually played a huge part in Ben getting help. She actually drove him to rehab, and we are all glad that Ben reached out for help. And if you are having these problems, you should reach out too. Not to me, I, I wouldn't know what to do, but to somebody. Then he did two Netflix films. One is called Triple Frontier, it's an action movie, and I hear they used real ammunition, real guns. And he did a movie that is apparently so bad that Netflix is trying to hide it. It's called The Last Thing He Wanted, and it's probably the last thing Ben wanted. But the film is so bad that nobody seems to even notice it, so I don't think it's gonna hurt Ben Affleck very much. The reporter with a moral compass. He's getting a lot of press with his latest film, The Way Back. Every single journalist who talks to Ben about this film is always bringing up the parallels to this character in Ben's life. The film has given Ben an opportunity to address those issues. His character is battling depression and alcoholism, so this has really given Ben a chance to publicly address those issues while promoting his movie. Plus, he loves basketball, so it's basically Ben playing Ben which is the perfect step for an artist who's trying to rebuild themselves on screen. He's no longer the bright-eyed, big-smiled, energetic, cocky hotshot. Ben is now better at portraying quiet, broken men. And I think that we're currently living in a very exciting era when it comes to Affleck cinema. He's got a lot of projects in the works, and I feel that we will be seeing more films like Argo, The Town, and Gone Baby Gone, rather than films like Live By Night, Batman, or Geely. I keep going back to Geely. Everybody focuses on Geely, and I don't want to be that guy, but I mean, it's Geely. Sometimes I think you're involved with bad things. Are you? Oh, man. I have always liked Ben, and I've always thought that the critics have been very harsh on him. Too harsh. Plus, I, I, you know, I think he's a good guy. He's very dedicated. 
to his charity work in Congo, and that's good. So if you don't like Ben Affleck movies, then you're basically saying that you don't care about Congo. The Africa place where horrible things happen, not the movie where awesome things happen. Ben is often mislabeled as a dumb meathead, but he's actually very intelligent and well-read. He went to Harvard for a bit, that's a school for smart people. He speaks Spanish and French and English. He's even hinted at a possible run for political office in the future, but he was later heard saying that he wants nothing to do with politics. He just wrote a new screenplay with his beloved hetero life partner, Matt Damon, and he enjoys going to church now. So maybe he's finding peace there, cause God. And he's got a giant back tattoo. He looks like a phoenix, which is symbolic for Ben, rising from the ashes of all of that horribleness. <laughs> Plus, Ben expressed support for the Snyder Cut. That's right, the Justice League Snyder Cut. He even retweeted release the Snyder Cut. Hashtag. But I'm sure the Snyder Cut isn't as good as we're all imagining, but it's pretty super that he supports it. And I'm just really curious to see how this other cut is edited. And speaking of editing, Ben Affleck's films have some great editing, and so does his real-life story. Ben received some flack for editing out his family's history of owning slaves in that Celebrity Family Tree reality show that my parents like to watch. But that was actually one of the lesser Affleck scandals. Here's a list of more. First on the list of Affleck scandals is the hashtag MeToo incidents. There was an MTV girl that accused him of groping her, and then he did some weird stuff with a journalist. But that woman has since come out and said that she was okay with it and it was all just playful and that it should not be compared to Harvey Weinstein in any way. Totally consensual, overblown. This was one of the backfires of the hashtag MeToo movement. Which brings us to the next scandal on the list. Ben is one of those movie stars whose career was basically created by Harvey. And after all the Harvey nastiness surfaced, many questioned which movie stars knew what Harvey was doing. And Ben, of course, was one of those questioned. What did you know, Ben? Did you know? Did you see what he was doing? Did you know, Ben? What did you know, huh? And he claims that he didn't know anything. But unfortunately, Hollywood is a sneaky place, so I don't know who to trust. He got into a heated argument with Bill Maher over the religion of Islam. It was all over the media until something else happened and the talking heads moved on. And he had an alleged cheating scandal with his children's nanny, but he denied all accusations. And he dropped the S-bomb once on live TV on ESPN while talking about Tom Brady. It was controversial, if you care about sports. And Jimmy Kimmel f***ed him. No! <laughs> so what the f*** happened to Ben Affleck? He's a guy who can do it all, but took on too much. Bit off a little more than he could chew. Took a few too many sips of that alcoholic bat soup. But in all seriousness, we wish the best for Ben. And I hope that he's doing well. Taking things one day at a time. Staying sober and staying cinematic. So I just want to say thanks, Ben Affleck. Thanks for showing us that comebacks are real. Thanks for blessing us with some great cinema. And thanks for saving the world from that killer asteroid that one time. Thanks, Ben. And if you don't like Ben Affleck, then you can Argo yourself. And that's what the f happened to Ben Affleck. The, the person, not the duck. <laughs>